You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Graham Parsons' Grievous Angel. In the room, I have Rob. Yeah. Ben. Hello. Solange. Ooh, Las Vegas. And John. Mm-hmm. Grievous Angel is a second and final solo studio album by Graham Parsons, compiled from summer of 1973 sessions and released four months after his death from a morphine and alcohol overdose in September 1973. The producer was Graham Parsons, and the genre is country rock. And from All Music Review, Mark Deming. Graham Parsons' fondness for drug and high living are said to have been catching up with him while he was recording Grievous Angel, and sadly, he wouldn't live long enough to see it reach record sores, dying from a drug overdose in the fall of 1973. Just said that. Much of the same band that played on his solo debut were brought back for this set, and they performed with the same effortless grace and authority. If Parsons was slowing down a bit as a songwriter, He still had plenty of gems on hand for more productive days, such as Brass Buttons and Hickory Wind, which wasn't really recorded live in northern Quebec. That's just Graham and the band ripping it up in a live live in the studio with a handful of friends whooping it up to create the honky-tonk atmosphere. He also provided a shrewd judge of other folks' material, as always, Tom T. Hall's I Can't Dance, is a strong barroom rocker, and everyone seems to be having a great time on the Leuven Brothers' Cash on the Barrelhead. As a vocal duo, Parsons and Emmylou Harris also improved on the set, turning in a version of Love Hurts so quietly impassioned and delicately beautiful that it's enough to make you forget Roy Orbison ever recorded it. And while he didn't plan on it, Parsons could hardly have, could have hardly picked a better closing gesture then in my hour of darkness, Grievous Angel may not have been the finest work of his career, but one would be hard-pressed to name an artist who made an album this strong only a few weeks before their death, or at any time of their life for that matter. I think you could do that. All right, what do you think I of... accept that challenge. Yeah. Grievous <laughs> Angel by Graham Parsons. I'm talking about Black Star. 
Oh yeah, right. <laughs> fuck, fuck this <laughs> review. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blacks. Well, this review was probably written before what uh, you want it darker and Black Star. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. Which well, are fine. Yeah. Quite uh, good. But on this album, for yeah. once, me on yeah. topic. Uh, <laughs> I uh, loved it, and today I was listening to it again in my earnest listen through while making lunch. And Ian goes, "Oh wow, some of your music." And I was like, "Oh, oh fuck you, shut up." <laughs> are you a Graham fan in general? No, he just makes fun of me because I like country. But uh, do, you, do you like Graham Parsons? I've stuff? never listened to Graham Parsons. My dad last week at the Fish Fry got real hyped that we were going to listen to Grievous Angel, uh, and I knew <laughs> that's if I... the perfect subject. <laughs> 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 and then afterwards, John and I walked to get scratch offs, and then we went to the liquor store. It was a real fun night. Yep. <laughs> we we missed the hummingbird cake at we the did cake. We miss walk. the hummingbird cake at the cake wheel. It was. Uh, some yeah. bitch. Yeah. So, so uh, I've never listened to Graham Parsons, but my dad getting that hyped enough to tell a complete fucking stranger about the Graham Parsons uh, cremation story made me be like, I'm probably going to like this album. It's one of the best stories of rock and roll history. It's it really, really great. is. Yeah. Would I you mean, like to tell it just for posterity? Uh, okay. Uh, so Phil, Phil Kaufman, best tour manager of all times, based on this story. Uh, him and Graham had... Uh, a probably a drunken pact or drug-induced pact that they made one night where I think they had both said whichever one they loved being in, in Joshua Tree National Forest so much that they they decided that when they died they didn't want a traditional funeral they didn't want to be buried in the ground they just wanted to be like cremated on a pyre in John and in, in Joshua Tree National Forest just go back to nature and they agreed that to each other. Whichever one went first, the other one would make it happen. Uh, not too many years after that, uh, Graham dies uh, yeah, right after recording this album. And Graham comes from money. He comes from that Florida fruit money. And he was uh, he was destined to be buried in the family plot. And his body was at the airport ready to make a flight. Uh, Phil Kaufman steals slash borrows a hearse from a hippie, uh, depending on how much truth you can read into the Johnny Knoxville movie. It's covered in flowers, <laughs> but uh, go- goes to the airport, talks some talks some game, weaves some stories, leaves the airport with Graham Parsons' body. No one is on to him for a few hours. At that point, by the time people are on to him, he's got enough of a head start that he is able to, he makes it all the way to Joshua Tree National Forest, gets the body out into the desert, covered with gasoline, and sets it ablaze, waits there to be arrested. Nice. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Yeah, no. He was only it, caught because campers, you're not allowed to have fires in Joshua Tree, and campers saw the fire and reported it to the cops. Otherwise, yeah. it would have yeah. gone off well, with the Well, yeah. also, the method of cremation was just pouring gasoline yeah. into a casket. <laughs> not the best, and then not the best word. Any, I think everyone at this table has started a fire using a gallon of gasoline. Mm. You know, it gets wild fast. It really does. <laughs> so. And if you're like filled with all the embalming chemicals, I can imagine that would be a pretty insane yeah, it's not a, clean, not a clean bird. Not a clean bird. Hearts on fire, in, though, right? In, yeah. important, important legal point, just before we get to the album truths <laughs> and, and songs themselves, there was it was not a crime to steal a body at the time yeah. that in, in California at the time that this the casket and body were stolen. 
<laughs> so Kaufman got fined $750 for stealing the casket <laughs> and for leaving 35 pounds of cremains in a national forest. Littering and casket theft? Exactly. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, Worth but, it. No, but, Technicality. Uh, you were talking about, just very briefly, that, that citrus money. So, uh, yeah, Graham Parsons' uh, maternal father, uh, his maternal Frank granddad. Frank Tropicana. Yeah. Uh, Shut the fuck <laughs> up. No, it's not. It's something like it's that. It's Albert Dole. Well, <laughs> have some respect. It's, it's Florida citrus money, and at one point in time, his this is pre-World War II, I think, uh, his granddad basically produced one-third of all the citrus in Florida, and then during the war... Citrus was so important that it just shot the stock through the roof. So he's real wealthy, even to the point that by the time you get to Graham, who's now with his mom and her new husband, stepdad, uh, Graham is under a trust fund making 30000 a year, which is basically $210,000. Oh, my God. Money. How much money would you have to have to get that from the interest? Yeah. No, That's I mean, he's, he's making solid money off that trust. So he is not a, a poor boy, which... When you get into some of these songs like uh, Ooh, Las Vegas. Ooh, Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. What Ain't no fuck? place for a trust fund kid like me. Yeah, so it it's, really it's isn't right? if you think about it, you know. <laughs> it's a good way to, time moves fast in Las Vegas if you think about but it. But unlike some of these other artists who I think are writing songs that when you know their true story, they feel a little disingenuous. Or like I had a problem with uh, uh, James Taylor. Like I felt like he didn't really experience the things he was trying to put together. I mean, he had some mental health issues and things, but Ramblin that was just Jack me. Elliot, was that a problem for yes, you? Yes, exactly. Yeah, didn't didn't actually join the rodeo. Uh, yeah, so. but like knowing that, like it still doesn't ruin the album for me because no. I'm, I'm sure he's had no, a lot of... That's what I was that saying. Was only half yeah. of his point. Yeah, yeah oh. the, the point was, that, that, and you just finished it up for me <laughs> oh, very beautifully. No, he writes good fucking country music and yeah. he's pretty fucking good on his own, but when you add Emmy Lou on top of that, her voice, yeah. like oh, pairing yeah. up with Emmy Lou makes it. Yeah. La- Las Vegas is a fucking classic song that I I had never heard the original version. I'd only heard the version that Orville Peck covered with his female uh, <laughs> singing assistant. I don't know what you called them, but uh, he had another lady on stage singing with him the whole time and she did a good job too. Which song did they do? They did Las Vegas oh, cool. and I was like, oh wow, that's... Duet? I don't know. She was there the whole time. Backup assistant? singer? Ba- I don't... Other sing- singer. Singer too. Okay. Duet female vocalist. Listen, I don't know much about music, guys. Um I just don't want to I don't want to shadow her. Wrong. She was great. She's anyway. Was they, she also wearing a fringed mask? She was not, but she had a great outfit on. Okay. Yeah. No no mask for her. Uh but that's the only version I've heard is Orville Peck covering it live. And so hearing it with with Graham Parsons and Emmy Lou, I was like, whoa. This is a great American song. Like, I mean it like a classic Americana hit. drink whiskey, second time I lose a drink gin, third time I lose a drink anything cause I think I'm gonna win. Ooh, you know this album was uh, originally billed as Graham Parsons with Emmylou Harris? And had, a, and had a picture of both of them on the cover. Yes. Wow. And I that's why it died, so and then Graham's wife was like, 
No. No. <laughs> yeah, blame that, her. That's why it looks so weird. Yeah, I heard like there was the, citation needed on that, according to the wiki. Oh, was there? Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen any proof that that is actually a thing. The, the I've always thought that album cover weird looked, the album cover looks. The album looks so weird. It's like, it's, it's like so faded out. Like, it's why a, does the background go through his face? Well, yes. it's, like, it's a floating head of Graham Parsons on a sea of blue. Yeah. It looks like oh. a... It's just a picture of a humpback whale where someone <laughs> replaced the whale with Graham Parsons' head. That's that's a good. It's synopsis. a really awkward. Yeah. It's an awkward album cover. It's real weird. But uh, I loved "I Can't Dance." Uh, I identify with that song. I loved "Brass Buttons," which uh, came eerily close to me for uh, to that song "Scarlet Ribbons," but it wasn't about Jesus giving some girl some ribbons. Uh, but yeah, I loved I loved I loved "Thousand Dollar Wedding." I mean, love hurts. Like the whole time I was listening to this album, I was like, "Damn, damn it's supposed to be a funeral." Damn, damn but it's been hits. a bad, bad day. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I, that was a that was thousand dollar wedding. I, yeah, the lyrics on that are weird. They're weird. Yeah, they were. They're weird. Yeah. So, what's that song about? I don't know for sure. Graham, I've heard some different theories about it. So Graham you just said it's been a bad day. I don't day. know if he actually <laughs> married the mother of his child, Polly, the first the first woman that he was. T- I don't think he married her. Uh, but I think that song is maybe a thought about, oh, I'm going to have this marriage to this woman who's the mother of my child. Uh, but it never came to pass because it, you know, just wasn't meant to be. They weren't supposed to be together. And so I think it's sort of like a, a, is, is the funeral figurative or is it a, li- cause it's, it's supposed to yeah, be a funeral, right? It's been a bad, it's bad, been day. A bad, bad yeah, day. And then there's these talks about like, why don't you just like poison the groom's drink? Why don't you put him out of his misery? Like. I don't know, like, what that part of the story is supposed to be. I think it's maybe... It's a cool song, though. It's a really cool song, and, like, the 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 music is beautiful, but the lyrics are real weird, and I don't know where it's supposed to go. But I heard that it was in some way related to that about his first... Well, the mother of his child, who he thought he was going to marry, who is not the woman who was his wife at the time that he died, who controlled the cover of this album, mm. who he was going to probably divorce... Apparently, Based on the cover of this album, no, I'm kidding. Well, no, they were not. To, they were I'm not just, doing well. I know. I'm just I mean, that's kind of what led him into a lot of the drinking and the morphine. Ooh. Apparently, apparently, uh, uh, Mrs. Parsons even took off the title track of the album, thus changing the title of the album. Uh, I don't know the song "Sleepless Nights," but I guess she didn't want her husband and Emmy Lou singing about sleepless nights. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. What did was her relationship ever romantic? Or was it, like, just close but platonic? It was never disclosed, and I think they said if he hadn't been married, there definitely would have been something. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be close? Oh, my goodness. Emmylou? Yeah. And and Graham and singing these songs. and Emmylou Harris is more beautiful every day. What does she look like? Look up, like, Emmylou Harris now. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's a stunner. I just don't buy into the idea that uh, he was pushed into Damn, morphine and drinking oh, because no, 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 of not, a not 100%. bad no, no, no. relationship. No, he, I, I imagine no, having no. all the money in the world every year coming into you could no. probably get you some uh, had, some stuff. He, Honestly, that wasn't his nudie suit. What, wasn't the background a shit ton of pills? Yep. Yeah, it's no, pills. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. No, he's been pills, in a, he's been weed, in a, he's been and crosses. Oh my yeah. fucking God, that's so cool. I mean, I don't mean the con. Yes, I want to see it. I love nudies. alcohol for a long time. He's got a lot of history in his family with mental health and alcoholism. His mom died of cirrhosis. His dad killed himself when he was 12. So, like, there's a lot there to yeah. build off. And I'm not trying to blame it all on his wife. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that, that, that's that's incorrect to blame it all on her. I also, it's really easy to kill yourself on morphine and liquor. Yeah. 
super fucking easy. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't multiple mix artists have shown us that are not just Graham Parsons. Downer, downer. But I think that the morphine that he did was like a triple dose. Mm. Super St- fucking easy. Yeah, could, yeah. I, I I broke my wrist in uh, in Bloomington rollerblading once, and uh, with that they gave me a fucking like oh, prescription geez. for oxy. I think at that point, and, and I was just like, pulls down the you know, ah, this feels better. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go to this Fourth of July barbecue. And I remember ending up in a fucking graveyard over by um, uh, Triple Deuce, like. Up against a fucking grave, Ugh. trying to keep myself breathing. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's very fucking yeah. easy to kill yourself on uh, on on downers. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, tragic death and everything, but Jesus Christ, like, as a fucking noob, <laughs> I almost killed myself. Right, he was a, a pro. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm. Sorry. Uh, guess, Back to what this record sounds like. I gotta uh. say it because it's in the record. Pedal steel, but I mean, it didn't sneak up on me. Is that Sneaky Pete? No, it was on the steel. Oh, this yeah. band. We yeah. should talk about this band. Yeah, Elvis is back. This is not band. just any band. This is the TCB, TCB. band. That's oh, right. yeah. so awesome! Yeah. Right. So no wonder they are playing "quote unquote" effortless, effortlessly. Yes, this, this is, is Elvis's guys. But this is a great like pedal steel job. Like that was the thing. That was one thing that really caught me about like Return of the Grievous Angel and like Thousand Dollar Wedding is they they just lick that pedal steel like raw man maybe that's a gross way to put it but <laughs> i kind of like it did <laughs> sorry dad when you listen to this <laughs> they really do i mean i i didn't hear it it's so it is effortless like that's that's the best way to put it it's, it's so like they've been clean. doing it for 20 fucking years right mm-hmm. it, when it comes to graham parsons recorded material this isn't my favorite era of his career. I, I like the Burrito Brothers a lot. I like the Burrito Brothers stuff, I think, rocks harder than Graham Parsons' solo stuff. It's more of just like a, it's never really rowdy, but just, a, you know, it's it's country rock with a capital R. But everything that I miss from that, it's like Emmy Lou makes up for. Mm. It's like, oh, you're not going to get as much rock with this one, but... Check this shit out. Yeah, she makes a striking impression on this album because she's not on every song either. Nope. So she's not. all but brass buttons, right? She's on. She's on a lot of them. I don't think she's on Thousand Dollar Wedding. I don't think she's on yeah, brass buttons. I think she, she might be on. Everything we're listening else. to Thousand Dollar Wedding right now, and she's about to sing for you. Oh, does yeah. she come in at the end? No, she, she she comes in on like the choruses. And oh, okay, stuff. sorry. But yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's not on brass That's buttons. True. Yeah, but any any time uh, he's about to get too gravelly, it's like her voice voices there to carry it through so it kind of it just matches perfectly yeah and then when the with this backing band like you were saying like elvis's backing band like you can't go wrong graham's got how stoked do you think uh american music fan graham parson was when he landed elvis's band so stoked right like this this has been like his mission statement since he was a kid He but broke he up the birds. I was going to say, he didn't have to steal this band from, from themselves. Yeah. They were just available. This uh, this medley fucking slaps, but I fuck hard with me with some... G- Cash on the Barrelhead. Lubin oh, Bros. Yeah. Lubin Bros. fucking awesome. I love it. Yeah. This album's so good. And I, I did like, not know that this song wasn't actually live. Yeah, well, I started listening to it, and I was like, this can't be live. It's too perfect. Like, because there's like these little... 
these little things like she'll say like no fighting in here uh, dur- during like hickory win and i'm like who's fighting during hickory win that's exactly what i thought i was like this is a ballad who is like throwing <laughs> bottles and like getting down on hickory win but yeah it's just them acting rowdy and to have that like honky tonk you know who could have helped with that is uh what what's his name from the fucking uh not gene clark album the creole guy Oh, Rusty uh, Kershaw. Rusty yeah. Kershaw. <laughs> he could have gotten Rusty Kershaw. Man, had Rusty Kershaw been here, this would have been a very different record, but probably still really I meant good. just for this song. Oh. Just for this he song. He's crawling around like an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> no fighting in here, and he really is. <laughs> yeah, she it, she's not hollering at the crowd. She's hollering at Rusty, who's just also in the room with them. <laughs> uh, I usually feel a little disappointed when uh, the studio tricks me. You know, when they're like, oh, let's make a a live song or whatever. But, you know, it's side two, track one. It feels good. It's it's a a shit hot performance of Cash on the Barrel Head. Like, I still like it, even though even though they snookered me. Like, now they're yodeling, which I'm like, you got bamboozled. I did. (laughs) Heck, heck, heck and bamboozled again. Young man went driving through the night, miles and miles without a word, but just his high beam lights. Who'd have ever thought they Love Hurts? Come on. Yeah, Love yeah, Hurts love is so hurts. good. I like almost all versions of this song. I think it's I think it's that good of a song. I like I like Roy Orbison's version. I the Everly Brothers do two versions of it. Mm. I like them both. Uh, Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth. No, I it's got, good though. That's the first one I knew. Yep. I, I, I loved it from the Dazing and Views soundtrack. Yeah. And, but then, but man, Gra- Graham and Emmy Lou, uh, just it just pulls it, your heart right out of your chest and 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 just puts it right back in. <laughs> Backwards. Backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Upside down, you're going to die. <laughs> awesome. Graham did, so that's really inappropriate. I'm kidding. Uh, do we do we even need to go around the room? Uh, I think we're all positive on this one. I don't know. Are is, we? There, is there anybody that Rob? would not Rob? say positive? I mean, ultimately, I could go the rest of my days without ever hearing this again. Oh, okay. Um, but I want to hear your opinions. It, it, it's not... There's nothing bad about this. In fact, it's it's stellar for what it is. It's mm-hmm. just not a thing that I'm interested in consistently. And when it comes on at a fun party, my friends are playing or my <laughs> friends are throwing. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Is, this it, time, is it time to leave? Is that <laughs> are you time? trying to get me to leave? Yeah, like why why at fucking two thirty in the morning is Graham Parsons coming on when Perfect we should be like having a good said. time? Because still. Jackson wants to go to bed. Right? Oh no, he was not trying to go to bed. He was just <laughs> drunk and putting on inappropriate music, and so. My, my, my associations are fighting over an iPod. Ah, okay. <laughs> With this kind of stuff. And it clearly, time and place, yes. Yeah. But I'm always just like, it, it, in my brain, because over and over again, 
it was always the wrong time and place. Mm. Um, but it, it, it doesn't, it, that, that should not denigrate or uh, uh, discount how masterful this is. And, you know, honestly, like for a, a last, like, hurrah, you know, shit, man, you know, you, you couldn't, you're, you're hard-pressed to find a, a better country record. So. Mm. Cool. Definitely not a party album. I agree with no. Rob on that. And Graham Parsons has released some music that I think is party appropriate. It's just not on this record. I normally am drawn to, like I said, uh, the, the more rough around the edges, Graham Parsons stuff. But there's just no denying this is... This is a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful record. Good songwriting. Uh, Graham Parsons doesn't have the best voice in the world, but his voice is very comforting mm-hmm. to me. And then Emmy Lou Harris, who does have one of the best voices in the world, like just her in the mix, it just it elevates the whole thing. I think it should have been billed as Graham Parsons with Emmy Lou Harris. Uh, I don't listen to this album very often, but it's really good. Uh, positive for me. Yeah. Positive. I'm gonna. I'll come back to this one. I liked it a lot. Really, really classic country rock for me. I fuck hard with it. Y'all know how I feel. Pedal, pedal steel. Give it to me. I'm good. All right, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, I'm just gonna give it a positive. Um, it, it's not necessarily something I listen to all the time. Uh, it's not a party album, as we've all said. There are some fun songs on it. I can't dance and uh, Ooh Las Vegas are are fun. They're upbeat. Um, but overall, the album is probably you're right for for the right time in the right place. You can't put it on all the time in all places. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have to fight someone after listening to Joan Jett. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like th- this shouldn't be the next fucking track. If no, that a, is if you're at a party with Rob and it's two thirty in the morning, don't put this album on. If you're in a party pit with anyone, don't do this. Well, if you're in a sad pit, maybe put it on. It's yeah. a party pit. Was this if the, the, if was you're this, a pity if party? party. <laughs> was this the party pit like with Omar and everything? Yes. Well, yeah. There's oh, no, that's there, unacceptable. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Yeah. yeah We've I'm, spoken. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like this album. This album's awesome. Uh, if you like country music, and not just the classic country, yeah. I guess, like the classic honky-tonk, the Graham Parsons is definitely someone to, to check out. He did important shit for Very, country music. Absolutely. Incredibly important. He is literally, like... The creator of like rock country, mm-hmm. I think yeah. a lot of people. All he had to do was him. hijack the birds yeah. to do it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I mean, he's not the only one, but obviously, he's very important. So, yeah, yeah total positive for me. Great. All right, next time we'll be talking about Eno, another green world. All right. Yeah.